This is Heritage Radio Network on tour live at the Good Food Mercantile in San Francisco. I'm Hannah Forden, and I'm excited to sit down and chat with Patricia King, who is the Executive Director of the California Olive Oil Council. Hi, Patricia. Thanks for Hello. joining me. Hello. And Wendy, do you want to join us as well? You're welcome to grab a mic. And Wendy, tell us your, your job title once. I'm the Marketing Manager. Excellent. Um, so we have some beautiful bottles of olive oil in front of us. Um, and I figured I would start out with, um, Patricia and I were just chatting, uh, the history of olives in California because you represent olive growers, olive oil makers in California. Um, and oftentimes they think in kind of mainstream grocery store shopping, you think of Europe when you think of olives. So tell us a little bit about California sure. olive oil. Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit. Um, the California Olive Oil Council started back in 1992. And it was started by some farmers. And um, we are a nonprofit trade organization that supports the industry through education and marketing. Um, we also, it's a member-based organization, so all of our members uh, put their oils at, at harvest in the fall through a very robust um, chemical and sensory analysis. And um, it needs to pass all of those tests in order to carry the California olive oil seal. And that's, um, you know, really gives the consumer confidence that they're getting fresh, extra virgin olive oil. So we represent 90% of the um, growers in California. Um, the, you know, it's a, it's a fairly new industry. The um, olives were first brought over in the 18th century by Spaniards um, who would um, run the missions from Sonoma down to San Diego. But really as an industry, it's, it's fairly recent, about 30 years old. So um, it's a very, very exciting business. It's the fastest growing specialty crop in California. So um, it has gone from about 1% of the total um, supply for the country to about 8% within a decade. So it's, it's fast growing and That's so getting some market share. Yes. Um, so talk a little bit about your membership and kind of what it is that you as a trade guild offer to yeah, farmers we do, and makers. Um, we, we, do a number of things. We do um, education, so that includes uh, sensory um, courses that a lot of retailers are interested in, and they learn how to taste olive oil, uh, how to look for defects. Uh, you know, olive oil is a fresh juice, so it has to be uh, milled very quickly from when it's actually harvested. So uh, people think about you know wines as you know, the, the longer the better they are. It's the opposite with olive oil. You really want to consume it with, you know, within 18 months to two years at the longest. So um, it's a little bit about that. Awesome. Um, and I always love talking about the concept of terroir. And since you are kind of a, a single origin organization, what is it that sets California olive oil apart from olive oil from other parts of the world? Well, I think um, part of it is that there are over 75 varietals in California. So you get a lot of really interesting different types of blends. Um, you know, olives are grown all the way from the Sacramento Valley to the north of us, at Central Valley, um, Marin, Sonoma, uh, Mendocino, all the way down to the Central Coast, and all the way south to the Empire, uh, Empire um, Inland Empire just down by LA. So it's a it's a large part of California and all of those areas have different characteristics with their soils which provide different characteristics of of within the taste of the olive oil. 
That's so interesting. Yeah, that's and that's a pretty broad climate as well. Like the weather, I'm sure, has a huge impact on it. It is. You know, the, the olives do thrive in warmer Mediterranean climate, uh, and they're um, it's a very sustainable crop. They do very well with very little water, and they really thrive in um, you know sub great soils. Um, and going back to the certification, um, what sort of parameters do you have for um, folks who are looking to join the guild? Obviously, being made in California is the most important part, but what else are you looking for? What um, sort of standards do you hold your members to? Well, it's, it's really a certification that it's extra virgin olive oil. So that is, um, you know, that's really determining that there are no defects. And defects can occur from the, all the way from when the uh, olives are grown to the production. Um, and there are defects like rancidness, fusty, musty, a number of other um, things that can happen in the process. And the whole, um, the whole thing about the certification is that it has no defects. And the chemical, we, um, we have a list of uh, approved um, chemists that they send their samples to. And that's a very scientific kind of validation that it has all of the characteristics of an extra virgin olive oil. Excellent. Um, and what sort of role does a guild like like California Olive Oil Council play in promoting the product? Um, obviously, you're here kind of telling the story of, of a lot of your farmers and vendors. Um, can you talk a little bit about the oils we have on the table and the stories behind them? Sure. Um, so today we have uh, five different oils. Um, these are all producers and members of the California Olive Oil Council. And uh, we have oils that are a little uh, more mild to more robust. So I think you should try some. I would love to. Um, so let's see, Wendy, you can. This is like the only time on the nation making oil in the state. This is Wendy Winters, and she is the marketing manager for the California Olive Oil Council. And she'll take you through. Um, what each of these oils are. Okay, yes, so the oils that we have today, first of all, they're part of the Good Food Mercantile because they have um, either won a past award or have been a nominee and to uh, pass the sort of requirements also to be um, in the running to get an award, they pass a very strict, rigorous um, vetting as well. So it's in alignment with our, our standards as well. So the first oils from Seca Hills, um, they are um, the only tribal nation producing oil in the state of California. Um, they are from Brooks, California. Today we're tasting their Arbequina, which is a fairly delicate oil. Um, and this is their 2019 harvest. And is um, Arbequina referring to the name of the olive or the process of making it? It's the varietal. It's also um, one of the largest varietals grown in California. Um, it's used a lot for our high density producers, so large volume producers. Um, so, and you'll find Arbequina in a lot of blends as well. It tastes so, very fresh. It's like so this one, yeah. You get the fruitiness yeah. of it and the peppery notes, um, notes of artichoke and the aroma of uh, fresh green apples. <clears throat> nice, huh? It tastes like summer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's lovely. Then we have Grumpy Goats Farm, and today we have two different oils from them: their Cortina as well as their Piquol. And again, those are both um, referring to the varietal of olive. 
So the um, one you're tasting is the Piqual. This is um, a producer from Cape Hay Valley. It's very different than the Arbuquina. It's, it's like got a very spicy aftertaste. Uh -huh, very herbaceous, uh, some mm -hmm. tomato leaf notes. I feel like this would bring out the best in arugula. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you'll, you'll taste a lot of artichoke in that one as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very friendly oil. A friendly oil. Yes. I like that. And then Patricia is pouring fat gold. And that is a micro producer. They're based in Oakland. Their farm is in Sunol. Uh, they've been producing oil for about three years. And this is their Tuscan. They call it their gold label blend. It is um, a combination of Franchoyo, Lachino, and Merino olives. And that is, um, that is a very bold. It's very smooth. Yeah. Bold, yeah. but smooth. Yeah. Herbaceous and wonderful packaging. And I'm curious to hear, um, sort of listening to the regions where your growers are based, um, how have wildfires impacted the olive oil industry in California? Because it sounds like it's kind of not too far off from wine country, which I know has been really heavily impacted. You know, fortunately this year we haven't heard of too many uh, groves being impacted, but I've heard previously, in the previous two years, there have been some groves that have there was been some caught in the smoke fires. Taint. Um, and that, that is detected through the panel. Some of the oils that pass through the panel um, found a little bit of smoke taint. Mm -hmm. um, but not as much as you would. It didn't damage, um, it didn't impact the, the production. That's much. good to hear. Yeah, it's interesting to hear how even just like the exposure in the air can drastically alter flavor is insane, I feel. But these are amazing. Um, is there anything else we should try? We should probably do Swain a couple more. Would be great. Yeah. This is um, from Swain Family Ranch. Mm -hmm. This is their Tuscan blend. They are from Sonoma, California. Thank you. Ooh, this is a really, really beautiful, bright sort of neon green. Yes. This one. And this is a combination. It's a Tuscan blend with 30% uh, Lucino, 22% Frantoyo, 12% Merino. And 11% Piquol is the majority of the makeup. And there's a the few other percentage of other, other varietals. Nice. But you can taste the cinnamon. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and you mentioned the color, and I just wanted to make a note of that, because oftentimes consumers ask us about the color and if that's an indication of quality, mm -hmm. and it's not. Um, all of these oils, if we put them next to each other, they would all be a little bit different color. It really has to do with the varietal. That makes perfect sense, mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm sure also, does it does it indicate freshness at all as well? I feel like this is definitely a more dynamic green than a grocery store olive oil I might come across. Um, I don't know. No, I so don't much. know. If I, would, I wouldn't say it's a, it would be very hard to, there are 2019 oils that will be a much more, let's say, less mm. green. And so it's not really an indication of the freshness. So this blue glass is what is internationally accepted or required for the sensory panels to taste out of. Oh. This, I believe there's a red one that some people mm -hmm. use. And it's blue by design, so you don't see the color. Because to Wendy's point, it doesn't um, indicate the quality. And it's easy to sort of read 
that in. If you've had an oil that's a certain color and you loved it, you tend to think that that's better. So it keeps it very objective in the whole oh, sensory so panel tasting. Wow, I've learned so much. <laughs> yeah. When the oil goes through the sensory panel, it's a completely blind tasting. So the, 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 um, the panel has no idea what they're tasting, where it's come from. Um, they don't, you don't see the color, like they said. We're smelling it, we're tasting it, we're looking just if there's any defect present. And if no defects are present, it can be deemed extra virgin. And, and none of the panel is tasting the same oil at the same time. So there's no influencing each other. You can't read someone other. else's facial exactly, expression. Right? Yes, exactly, yes. Well, we're in partitions, so you actually don't see the person next to wow. you anyways. Yeah. And how many um, judges do you have on the panel? Currently, we have 23 people mm -hmm. on the panel. Um, and um, But for an oil to pass certification, it has to pass through eight mandatory eight tasters. Oftentimes, it goes through more than that. But in order to, that, that's the regulation, eight, eight tasters. And um, how many applicants do you get each year? I mean, this seems Ooh. like a intense process. Yes, this I don't know what the number will be this year. Um, I think in 2017. Don't quote me because I'm not the one in charge of <laughs> we'll the uh, of that. But I think maybe close to 400 oils pass through. Wow. So we have over four, 300 members. So Excellent. oftentimes they'll submit a couple different oils. Wow, that's that's really yeah. interesting. Um, and as a, as a resource, what would you recommend, um, how do consumers start educating themselves about quality domestically made olive oil? I think there's a lot of like kind of tricky labeling that happens. Um, what do you think are the best tools that you or, or others offer to consumers who want to buy quality olive oil? Well, I think it's um, important that um, you look at the harvest date and you understand when it was harvested. You want to have the most recent harvest date. Um, you want to look for the seal, the California Olive Oil Council seal, because that's going to guarantee that it's a high quality extra virgin olive oil and it's gone through all the uh, testing um, to, to validate that. Yeah, those are the two most important things. Yeah. Because when you start to really look at labels, and, and a lot of consumers, like you said, they get very confused because there's a lot of things on the label. But as Patricia said, look for the harvest date. You want the, the most current. Right now, 2019s will be hitting the shelf, even though we're in the beginning of 220. Mm -hmm. um, and on the shelves are still 218, but consumers should be always looking forward. And, um, and the COC seal. Wow, that's a, that's, a, that's a useful tool for sure. I think it yep. can be very overwhelming to buy products mm -hmm. like olive oil because you want the best, but there's a lot out there that yep. doesn't really you know, capture what's going on behind the scenes. Um, well, thank you both so much well, for thank joining you. me. It thank you for really stopping by. It was informative and delicious. Um, and yeah, hope to learn more soon. So thanks so much to Patricia King and Wendy Winter from California Olive Oil Console. Um, this is... HRN on tour at Good Food Mercantile in San Francisco, and we'll be back with more interviews.